Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Steve Kramer of the Coach's Edge, and this is brought to you by Coach's Edge dot coach c-o-a-c-h-s-e-d-g-e dot coach we don't talk about it a whole lot because we're not in what i would call our launch uh, but check out that website pretty awesome with the stuff that we have going on and we are serving in basketball season now we're serving coaches that are you know vying for a potential state title or a, a deep title run I, sh- I should just say um and we also have programs in there who we are starting from the ground up trying to reboot some things with some coaches that we are working with and everything in between. It is a lot of fun. And I just finished another presentation that we're going to have one of our meetings on shot selection, something I'm really passionate about. Because I think that in season, we can improve this deep into the season. One of the easiest ways that we can improve is our shot selection. Shot selection and taking care of the ball. If you think about big ways that we can be successful that lead to winning, it's our effective field goal percentage and it's our turnover percentage and shot selection is a huge piece of that. With all that said, I'm excited that you hit play on this podcast episode. I enjoy our interviews. I love our interviews and once spring hits and the season ends, we'll get a ton more guests on here. Uh, Make sure you go back and listen to Tanner Massey earlier this week. Man, I had a ton of fun talking to him about offensive spacing and concepts. That was a really great episode. But I also love doing these individual quick hitters where I can share with you some of my own thoughts, things that I've been teaching and working out with my own coaching guide, coaching philosophy, coaching blueprint, whatever it is that you want to call it, and how I teach players and some of the things that we try to teach our coaches as well. And on this one, it's finishing, finishing moves and technique. And then it's also some of those protection plans where you're driving, we don't have that scoring opportunity anymore, but we can still be effective in how we're keeping that dribble alive, picking the basketball up and some of the reads that, that we can make. So let's get to the show. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to, if you're watching on YouTube, thanks for checking us out. Uh, if you're seeing us on video, I'm clearly not in my home office. I'm actually in my brother's room. He's got some cool memorabilia behind me of, of some stuff if uh, you're watching there. But on today's episode, we're talking about finishing technique certain moves that we can use, as well as protection plans when we get into our drive to attack, finish, and things don't work out, and we don't have the option for the shot. Now, one thing that we talk about a lot with coaches and I get asked about is my favorite types of finishes, and if you've been on and listened to other podcasts with Coach's Edge before, and uh, even with our, our Hooper's Edge, some of the finishes for one player may not be the correct finish for somebody else. And so I hate to put together, you know, and really put boxes or kids in boxes or or put handcuffs on players because everybody's size is different. Everybody's skill set is different. How kids jump is different. And so to give them all the same finishing package, I think would be putting a ceiling on them when Maybe we shouldn't be. Uh, But with that in mind, there certainly are finishes that I think can be the most common when it comes to being effective, attacking the basket. And those are some of the things that I wanted to share 
in this quick hitter episode. Now, one thing that we want to understand when it comes to finishing is refinishing off of one or two and the positives of each. And most coaches that I talk to want their players to finish off of two feet. I agree to an extent. Most of the finishes that I recommend are off two feet. Most of the finishes that happen in a game, we should use two feet because of the situation that we are currently in. But it doesn't mean we're saying no one foot finishes, at least not with all the, the players and the programs that I work with. I just think we want to be specific when we do use one foot finishes. Two foot finishes are generally for balance and power. We want balance and power. Generally, that means there's probably going to be contact. If there's contact, we can go off of two feet. If I'm standing on two feet and someone pushes me, I have much more balance than if I'm standing on one foot and somebody pushes me, right? We have much stronger base, more balance, more width when we're going off of, of two feet. One of the biggest reasons also helps us to slow down a little bit. We have an out if we're still on the floor as far as some of the passes that we can get into compared to some players that go off of one foot out of control, too much speed. Now we're in big trouble, ends up being a poor shot or a turnover because they're really in the air when they make that pass. You know all these things already. So two foot finishes, balance power. One foot finishes, speed and space because there's many times in, this, in a game predominantly when we're in transition, where we have space from the offensive player to the defensive player. Now running, being on one foot, is faster than on two, right? And so if we want to keep that space, then I need to keep a little bit more speed. And really, we're just slowing down a little bit on that last dribble, but still going up off of one because we want to keep speed and space before the defense can catch up. And so that would be more of a reason for a one foot finish, one foot finish quicker, right? You're not stopping on two feet. Again, this is where we're not handcuffing our players. There was a young man, Vito Brown, who we've trained for years and years. And when he was playing in the NBA G League, the team he was playing for, they were teaching him all one foot finishes. Why? because they were saying, we need to get this shot off quick. If you slow down too much, when you drive it in the paint, you're gonna get your shot blocked. Now, his situation, he's dealing with six, 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 nine, seven foot players that can jump out of the gym, a little bit different situation, but it proves the point that we don't wanna say this is right and this is wrong, right? There are different reasons to do certain things depending on size, skill, level, speed. And this isn't just a black and white topic. So I, I say all that to preface some of the moves and finishes that I wanna share with you right now. Two foot finishes, balance and power. Here's some good ones that I like. Our general jump stop, our pro hop, which is generally your jump stop, but there's a change of, there's a change of direction. The spin move can be very effective when it's used in the right situation. We pro hop when there is space in front. We can spin when there's more contact, the defense is tighter, we can spin off of the contact. So understanding when you do these certain moves is essential. 
We also generally don't want to spin in a situation that would spin us into where the help side defense is, right? So if there's contact and I'm getting into my spin, because we're spinning, we're losing sight of the basket and generally where we want to go for that split second. If we know ahead of time where we're spinning to and there's not help side towards that spot, generally a little bit safer. So a lot of times, like if someone's driving middle, okay, a spin back towards the baseline is a good idea. But there's times where somebody's driving baseline, will a spin back to the middle, that's where the help side is, that could be a little more dangerous. You could call for offensive foul, you could get tied up and it could be a jump ball, you could get stripped. It's a little more dangerous to drive baseline and spin middle than it is to drive middle and then spin back to the baseline. Again, my opinion. Our general shot fake reads are huge, right? Get down, shot fake, go up and score. Shot fake, open step, reaching through. Shot fake, cross step. Shot fake, Kobe, or a reverse pivot to get into your shot. So really four really good scoring shot fake reads that you can use off of that basic, boom, get there, good wide base, chin up, eyes come up, short, quick shot fake, just looks like my actual shot. And then I, I go up into my shot or get into my reads. Stride, stop, finish. Probably my favorite or your most versatile two-foot finish, right? And when you're getting into a stride stop, that is generally an outside foot to an inside foot step. So your back foot becomes your pivot foot. That can allow you to continue to go up, but you slow down slightly with that stride stop. It can allow you to get into a donut finish where you're stepping. Let's say I'm driving to the middle and it's right left. Okay, I fake. And then I can pivot away, take that shot, kick it out for a pass. And uh, there's many different reads that we can get into to score off of our stride stop. And compared to a jump stop, it's a little bit quicker to get into that stride stop. I think that it's easier on the joints, on the body. So many kids, when they jump stop, they really slam into the floor on that jump stop and everything's hitting at the same time. But stride stop, one, two, two breaks instead of one. You can decide where that second foot hits. Generally with a stride stop, it's not just wide, but there's some depth. There's an angle to how those two feet hit the floor. And so balance, you can work on the angle and even change that last step as you're driving in to get to a, a better position to score or pass, right? And again, I think it's a little bit easier on the body. And then if you've established a pivot doing that move already, uh, and that's not a bad thing, bad thing either, especially if you practice it. Another two foot finish that I really like is a reverse layup. And I'll talk a little bit more about reverse layups as we get into our one foot finishes. But I personally like a reverse layup. I think it needs to be practiced more often. I think it be, needs to be used uh, more often. It can be extremely effective. So those are all two foot finishes that I like. And many of the moves that I broke down have options and reads out of that move, you know, especially when you talk about adding in the move plus the shot fake, the move plus the pivot reads. And uh, the one thing that you love about two foot finishes is you always have an out, you can kick it out, which will allow us to talk about some of our protection plans uh, when we're attacking towards the second half of, of this episode. One foot finishes, a few that I like. Again, I, I, I prefer two foot finishes the majority of the time, but one foot finishes, Reach finish. Reach finish could be off of one or two feet. 
but, but reach finish where you're finishing out instead of up. That allows you to keep your body a lot of times in between the defender and the ball. When we're going up, sometimes, unless it's like a quick floater where you're farther away from the basket, when I'm closer to the basket and I go up, a lot of times somebody's just going to meet me there. Good player's going to block my shot. But if I'm able to get closer to the basket and reach out to the basket instead of up to the basket, I'm creating a lot more space and separation from the defensive player. With that in mind, with our reach finish, a great reach finish is an inside hand finish. Tighter to the basket harder to get it pinned off the backboard for some of our more athletic defensive players. And I also think it, it, it takes some of the timing of a defensive player who's trying to come up for the block. Inside hand finish is harder to read in time when players are trying to meet you up high. So really reaching away, inside hand finish, going to the basket. So that'd be a right hand finish on the left side, left hand finish attacking from, from the right side can be very effective. And then the reverse layup going off of one foot. It was quick. And here's one thing that I like about the reverse layup that I think can be very effective. Let's say I'm driving the left baseline. That means my left shoulder is towards the baseline and my right shoulder is towards the court. So I recommend, again, I'm not, I'm saying this humbly, like I'm not saying this is the best way, whatever, but to me, it's simpler. If I'm driving the left baseline, I would use a right hand finish as I'm going underneath the basket and finishing on the right side. Why? Because my right shoulder and my right hand is already there. If I'm driving the left baseline, and I want to shoot it with my left hand, that means I am twisting underneath the basket in order to get an angle to use my left hand to get it off of the glass. I also think it's a little bit easier to teach. Say, hey, you might be driving from the left side, but we're getting to the right side. Right side, right hand finish. I'm driving from the right, right baseline, coming underneath the basket to the left, same thing, left hand finish because my left side is already towards the court, whereas my right shoulder is already towards the baseline. If I wanted to get into a right-hand finish, again, I'd have to open up and twist before I can get up into my shot. Maybe I'm getting a little too much into the weeds right here, but you just make it. Like, just make the shot. Like, let's not forget the most important thing. You just make the shot, right? And if you're really, really dominantly right-handed and your left hand sucks, you can work on some of the stuff in the offseason and season in the games. Just make the shot. But what I'm saying is with the reverse layup, I just think it's easier because there's no twist. I think it's possibly a little bit quicker finish because there's no twist. It's my shoulder is already closest to the basket. And so it's just boom straight up off the glass and into my shot. Um, just my, my humble opinion and, and thoughts on that. So We've talked about a few two-foot finishes. We've talked about even fewer one-foot finishes. And as you think about the finishes that you might want to use in a game or your players to use in a game, think about which ones and what situations that they're in that would allow them to be most effective. And then just practice those. But you don't need really 10 different finishing shots. If you understand your shot fake reads, 
and then you have something that you're comfortable with off of two feet and off of one foot, you're probably in a pretty good place already. And in, in these finishing situations, less is often more. I would rather be really, really good at two or three finishes than be average at 10 of them. Okay. Um, notice I didn't say jelly for any of our finishes, uh, just for a thought right there. <laughs> okay. Now, protection plans. You're driving to finish. You plan on going to score. Things don't work out. What are some protection plans that we can practice with our players when they're going to score, they're being aggressive, but for some reason doesn't quite work out? Bounce out is one of my favorite. Let's say I'm, I'm attacking from the slot or the top of the key area and I make it to the elbow and I see, you know, what? I don't have anything here. So many players in this situation pick their dribble up and get in big trouble, whether they turn it over, whether they force a, a poor mid-range jump shot that's contested, and all the other players on the court have to leave their spots to now help that player out because they pick the dribble up in a position that, that that's not what we were meant to be doing. So to keep our dribble alive and to bounce out instead of back, I think it's pretty effective because we've changed some of the angles on the court, right? So if I attack from the top and got to the elbow and let's say it was the right elbow, now I'm bouncing my dribble out to the right wing, right? And maybe that gives me a new angle for a post-entry uh, backdoor cut. We had somebody on the right wing and they drifted down to, to the right corner, right? So we got some spacing options that are still pretty clean uh, because we've, we've used that bounce out dribble as well. Back dribble is not bad. Bounce dribble, I think, is pretty effective. And it's a little bit quicker because you're not going forward and backward. You're going forward and then, boom, you're getting into some lateral lateral movement. Another one that, that I like is your Nash, where you're driving. We talked about the reverse layup already. You're driving into the basket. We don't have anything. Once we've already gotten pretty deep into the paint, and what do most kids do? Force up a tough shot. Keep that dribble alive. Dribble all the way through, dribble out to the other side, see what your passing options are to spray the basketball out. Keep your dribble off. You're really uh, a point guard heavy or ball handler dominant heavy type system. Dribble all the way back out to the three-point line and set, set something else up if that's you know the, the program that you're trying to run or, or part of your responsibilities as a player. Uh, but keeping that dribble alive instead of forcing up a really terrible shot because those terrible shots, they're the equivalent of turnovers. Let's be honest. Um, Another one that I really like is your Barkley. When you drive to the basket, and this is for all positions, this isn't for somebody who, okay, you're more of a physical dominant type player. This could be any, any position, right? You're driving to the basket and the defense has done a really nice job of walling up, of cutting you off. Okay, we're already closer to the basket than where we started. We can get our shoulder into them and we can turn that attack dribble into more of a post drop where we're trying to back our defender in a little bit. Now, this doesn't have to be to score. It could be, right? But think about what good offense is a lot of times. It's inside out. Whether that's off a dribble drive, whether that's off of a post up, whether that's off a cut, whether that's off a transition opportunity, we've now gotten the basketball inside. Maybe you dribbled that ball to 12, 15 feet. Well, let's turn it into a Barkley. Now we're backing them in, and now we can get into 10 feet, 8 feet. Now defense is starting to think, 
All right, now you're only one step or one dribble away from getting two points. You might draw some help and now being able to kick that basketball out, we're doing some really, really good things there. So we've got our bounce out, we've got our Nash, we've talked about our Barkley with the bounce out could also be a, a back dribble. And then the other one, which is also our finishing is the stride stop again. You're attacking the basket. We don't have a good shot, but getting into that stride stop, which again, which is generally an outside foot to inside foot plant. It's not just great for going up strong and scoring. It's not just great for getting into your shot fake and footwork reads, but it's great for being able to get into your stride stop and then pivot away from the court, being able to look outside the perimeter or maybe a cut that's coming through, get it out to your teammates and we're playing. Maybe you got a shot. Maybe you got a drive kick swing because you did a nice job with your footwork, slowing down, getting a stride, stop, drawing some help, causing the defense to contract, and then boom, we get the basketball out. Now, with a lot of these things that we've talked about with, with finishing, with our stride stop, it's important that we're working consistently on our pivoting. Are your players comfortable with a front foot pivot? Are they comfortable with a reverse pivot? Are they comfortable with just that back pivot where they're kind of backing up, protecting the basketball? I think for a lot of players, when they're catching it on the perimeter, it's okay if we really just practice, you know, for most players, maybe it's left and then right foot with the pivot. But if we really want to be dangerous attacking the basket, we do need to be comfortable with a variety of pivots off of our left foot and our right foot because the angle is always changing. Right, the dribble timing of the pickup is always changing left to right side of the court, left to right hand dribble. And so to be able to really practice pivoting forward and backward off our left and right foot can be really, really effective for us. So that's a little bit of what I think you can use as a coach, as a program, or maybe just an individual player. You're, you're hungry, you're listening, listening to this, you want to improve your finishing. It's not about how much you have. It's about being really, really good at what you have and, and what you do and, and strengthening your strengths. And so with this in mind, think about out of our jump stop, our pro hop, our stride stop, our spin, our um, shot fake reads. We talked about the, the donut in there, our inside hand finish, our reach finish, our reverse layups. Out of those, what are the things that you're already pretty good at? Can we make those even better? Can we play to those a little bit more often? And can we understand that when we drive and we don't have something, what are our protection plans to be able to not turn the basketball over, to make sure that we're making sound decisions so we're not forcing up bad shots? And now you got the opportunity because you already did drive it to make some of your teammates better, share the sugar, spray the basketball out, and now somebody else has an opportunity to, to attack, to shoot it, uh, to make a good decision as well. So. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for those that are watching on YouTube. For some of these quick hitter episodes, we'll record them because we have some people that watch on YouTube that don't listen to the Coach's Edge podcast, Hooper's Edge podcast. Um, so we appreciate all of you guys for watching, listening, whatever it is. If you found it beneficial, like, subscribe, positive rating and review. Listen, the algorithm is a real thing, whether we like it or not, whether you want to admit it or not. So that's like money, honestly. If you're like, you know, I don't know this dude, but saying some pretty good things. And I think we can get better out of it. If you would leave a, a positive rating and review, that would be huge for the coach's edge and everything that we're trying to do with, with Kramer basketball. If you guys need anything, let me know. Reach out.
contact at kramerbasketball.com at steve21 kramer on twitter or coaches edge one on twitter and uh, we'd love to see how we can help you as a player as a program uh, and as a basketball coach thank you for listening and as always get after today